0: welcome back to the beauty inspires beauty podcast i'm your host jessica vergio and i'm super excited to talk to another senior stylist in this industry who totally understands what it's like to have started in the industry maybe when it wasn't as cool as it is now and we've worked our way and and put put the skin in the game and can really like you know not just like talk the talk but walks the walk today Mm -hmm. we have guest karen hardy how are you today I am great. Thank you, Jessica, for having me. I appreciate it and look forward to it. I'm so excited to bring on somebody who like I know has seen every like shift in this industry and who has been through all the things and kind of started exactly where I started because I feel like, you know, I've talked to stylists who now have like these thriving careers after just like six, seven years and the industry is so different for them now than Mm -hmm. it was for us starting out. So I want to edify you a little bit, Kevin. Kevin. Karen. <laughs> Kevin, do you have a husband? i get by Kevin, so it's okay. Yes. Karen is a seven-figure salon owner. She's also a platform color artist, a wife, and a mom. She has been published in the book Beauty Within You, along with many other top leaders in the beauty industry and featured in many articles for her leadership skills. Side note, she has an ebook out we're all gonna tap into so that you guys can learn how to build an ambassador program, which I'm super excited to dive in and talk about. Um Cause that's, that's something that needs to be, to be shared. Karen coaches driven salon suite owners and stylists that want to bust through the six figure business to a seven figure plus salon business by empowering them to define their purpose, build their leadership skills and create a business plan designed for the business market marketing on social media, and create a life they've dreamed of. Karen shares from her 25 years of experience growing her dream into the number one salon in her area and taking it to being one of the top 200 fastest growing salons in North America. Holy moly, let's dive in. I'm so excited. You've got quite the the street creds, girl. I love it.
1: Yeah, well, it's been uh, definitely a long journey. I mean, so like 35 years, well, almost 35 years being yeah. in the industry
0: you ever listen to all of that? Like, that's why some people aren't comfortable listening to all of the amazing things that they're like, who are they talking about? And I'm like, that's you. Like, that's so cool to like paint the picture of the career that you've had, because I always want to show people like, that's what this podcast is about to show people what is possible in this industry. And you're now mm-hmm. paying it forward to teach other people to have, how to have the career that you've had.
1: And I think so many times when we make it harder than what it really needs to be. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I mean, gosh, like where my salon is even today, like it's a small Southern town. So I'm from New Jersey originally. I lived down near Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, but you know, like there was nothing there, you know? So when I hear people say, oh, I can't do that because my, I'm in a small town. I mean, like literally my town has like 2,300 people. That's small, right? To be able to build that to a 200 fastest growing salon, right? Like, so like you think that you can't do something, you can, it's all up to what you're going to do with it, I guess, really, you know, and how motivated But I love our industry because you don't have to just stand behind a chair or be in a treatment room. You know, like there's just so many different things and there's so many more even today than there was when we started out. Like you didn't have the different opportunities and the different things that you could do. Yeah. You could be a platform color artist. So I I did with Joyco many moons ago, but like you had to work with the company to, to educate people. You don't have to today. No, we don't have to work underneath the company to teach others in our industry how to do something and, you know, maybe not make as
0: many mistakes, make it faster. <laughs> Amen. I'm That's, all about that. Oh, I'm all about that. That's why I became a coach because I didn't quite understand the exactly. concept at this age of like paying people for speed. It's like, they lift up the veil of like how they got to where they are versus you mm-hmm. trying to figure it out on your own. Cause if you're kind of like a self-sufficient self-starter, you're like, oh, I got it. Oh, I can figure it out. And I mean, honestly now with YouTube and online courses and programs, right. like. You could fucking figure it out on your own. No problem. Like that's, that's not a question, but why would you want to, when you can pay for the speed to get where you want to be faster or to skip all the roadblocks, exactly. like financial mistakes, or even exploring things that aren't going to serve you and your higher purpose of where you want to go with your, with your, you know, brand.
1: Right. And there, I mean, there's just so many different things. Well, just like for the coaching, you know, like we've getting into that. So technical stuff, that's not my thing. And my husband kept saying, why aren't you hiring somebody to do that? Like it's taking you forever to build do things on the website you know somebody knows how to do it faster let's let it let's make it easier right so yeah it's even just as simple as that like for speed like it was taking me like 20 hours to do one thing I'm like you know like I'm 51 like we didn't learn all this stuff
0: so yeah well. Tell me about it. That's how I felt about Instagram when Instagram came out. Cause you and I didn't b- build our book of business through Instagram. Mm-mm. We were like old school guerrilla marketing, passing out cards at the mall, talking to people like in real life, telling them what you did. Right. That was before we realized that we were selling ourselves. I feel like now people are like, Oh, I don't want to be salesy. I'm like, you are your own brand. If you don't talk about what you do, what services you provide and how people can book with you, like no one's going to know.
1: Exactly. And let's, you know, like back, back, you know, even several years ago, like, God forbid, you know, a salon owner felt like, I'm always like, okay, we can be old school, but we can change with the time. Like, my gosh, like, I don't want them posting on their own social media page because they might leave. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, that's getting your brand out too. Like, let's do this together and not feel like we have to, um, like it's keep people in of- a box. Yeah. Yeah. And not being able to expand and, like, grow each other and, like, really partner with one another, whether you're a Swan or a Sweden owner or booth, whatever, you know, like, but partner even with other people in, in your immediate company to help each other because people are good at one thing and somebody is good at something else better, you know, so...
0: Totally. I mean, we've seen so much collaboration over the last several years. Like, people are just more open to that now. Before, it was like you wouldn't dare share your formula. You wouldn't even give I your know. client their formula for fear that they would leave you. Like that was some sacred. I can't tell you secret. I know. It's so wild. <laughs> I'm obsessed. And it's, and it's crazy. It's crazy. That, that's
1: how we felt. Like that's really how. And like, and I always was like, people would be like, "Oh my gosh, there's another salon." I'm like, there's like 15 salons in this like what, three mile radius, right? I'm like. Well, that's great because I can't, my salon can't handle everybody. Like, let's let everybody be
0: successful. Right. So, yeah. So talk to us, how did you know you wanted to be in the beauty industry? I know you mentioned there was, there's like, you always had this calling to the industry, but how did you have this passion from an early age? I probably from the time I was
1: little. I mean, so I knew like by the time I was like eight, 10 years old, I wanted to do hair, my Barbies and my dolls all <laughs> That, yeah, and I always knew I wanted to open up my salon. So I was like 23 when I opened up my own salon. Um, I had no clue what I was doing either. Like, you, all I knew was like, God gave me a gift to do hair. I was good at it, but like, that was it. I knew nothing else. Um, and I worked 80 hours behind the chair. Like, it was so stupid. Like, that's what we were taught then, right? Like, you do what you don't know better, right? Until finally, I remember like sitting on my salon floor, like crying, I'm like, this is not what I thought it was going to be, this isn't what I wanted to build, you know, and until I finally realized that and made the choice to even hire a coach then right. To make those changes and stop killing myself because I wasn't getting anywhere else, you know, like that wasn't, you, you can't keep going that way. And then I was you know, like I had my girls finally, and I felt like I was the mom on the outside looking in, like I wasn't being able to do the field trips because I had to be there, you know? Um, but then I wasn't being a good mom or wife either. Like, so you have to, I, I don't believe in balance at all. Cause there is no such thing, but I believe that there's better ways to do things. And there was definitely a better way to do it than that. So, yeah. I mean, like now, even today, like I still love doing hair and I'm like, they're 12 hours a week behind the chair. That's it. Yeah. But I love it. Like, it's something that, you know, and I love being able to, to pour into my team. And then also, you know, coaching other salon owners. And sweet owners, you know, like, that's my thing, like to be able to help others and my moms are, my heart's always for moms, you know, like being able to still have what you love to do, create that business, be successful, make the profit that you need to, and not kill yourself at the same time and sacrifice your family or friends or whatever it is, because you're behind the chair.
0: Right no and and for sure, that's that was the catalyst for me for really things shifting was 10 years ago when i had my son too because i had no problem working a shit ton i think that's the reason why i got divorced the first time around i only lasted 2 years in a marriage because i'd come home and i'd be like don't talk to me motherfucker like i'm like you know i just did <laughs> 12 hours i've just talked to you know 12 13 yeah. people plus been around all that energy like i had nothing left to give when i got home and i remember mm-hmm. thinking this is not sustainable but i didn't know any other way so i just kept grinding until you know, right. first, you know, I had a baby and there was no other option. Like I had to figure it out. And then it wasn't until he was a little bit older, like now he's 10 years old. I want to go to baseball. I want to pick right. him up from school. I want to take him to school. I want to go on the field trips. So it was like then I had to start shifting. Like, how can I still have the business that I want, make the money that I want to make? Mm-hmm. Um, but have the the time, freedom to to bop around. And that's where, you know, for me turning into the coach became an option because I'm like, I have so much mm-hmm. that I could teach. But for you, like you mentioned earlier, like you hired a coach at a young age because you quickly realized there were things you didn't know you didn't know. So what did it look like? And how did that help propel you forward from just winging it to like actually having a plan and like creating some sort of like systems in your business? Well, and that
1: was it, like creating the systems. And, you know, like, so this was, gosh, oh my gosh. Like I've had my salon 28 years. So probably a good 20 years. We'll just say And it was great, you know, like, but. I didn't have systems in place. It was, you were just winging it then I was, you know, Um, but it was creating those systems. It was paper books. What? (laughs) Gosh, my goodness gracious. I've kept mine. It's like, I have, (laughs) I have got to get a computer. And I was like, oh my gosh, but what if it crashes? Like everything was crazy. That's people. We actually wrote down everybody's formula and what was done. (laughs) We had books. So big, right? Like finally, I was up in my, building in, in the attic park. And I still had a few of those books. I was like, oh my gosh, like, it's like ancient history. But anyway, but like, so getting the systems in place so that I felt like I didn't have to be there anymore also. But also understanding the numbers. And I think that's that to me is one of the biggest um, parts in our industry that people don't get. Like you gotta know your numbers so you can make more profit, right? You gotta know, if you're spending too much in the back bar area, it's going to eat away with the profits that you want. And and that doesn't matter whether you're a salon owner of two to 200 or a suite owner buyer, you still have to know if you're a booth runner, you still have to know, like those are still your numbers that you need to know because you're not going to be able to make the profit. If you don't realize everything that's going out, that's, you know, that you're not accounting for, um, but putting those systems in place, that's what that's what really created my business to explode um, in such a really short time after that, like growing it to like a top 200 fastest growing salon in many, many years in a row, you know, like not just, it wasn't just like a one by night thing, you know, but reaching out to somebody else that had more experience and could really shed different lights that I wasn't able to see. Like having somebody else's eyes makes a total difference and a change in your business because we're not going to look at that the same way as somebody else can.
0: Right. And that's the thing. It's like, again, you don't know what you don't know. And a lot of times we're emotionally attached to some of the decisions that we make without being conscious of it. Like we all have subconscious programming of, oh, I can't spend that much or oh, that's too expensive or I need this or I don't need that. And it's like those things can often seem so small and insignificant, but they can be the littlest things that are holding you back from scaling to the next level, to being able to grow your team or stepping out of the box and hiring somebody so that you don't have to be there as often. Um and, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, having somebody else's hands on your business who maybe isn't emotionally tied to any of it like maybe probably one of the best things you could ever do as an investment, as an owner of anything, like you said, Absolutely. a solar suite or a, a team of 200, especially. Right. Yeah. And just people look at
1: things differently than we
0: ever can. I don't care how much, you know, like
1: it doesn't matter. Like when you can separate yourself and look at it differently, that's when things change. And also- you know, being a, you know, I was a hairdresser before I was a salon owner, right? So a lot of times we take those tendencies that we have as being that service provider, no matter whether you have a small whatever, it doesn't matter. And you don't change the mindset. You got to put on that different hat. If you don't have that different hat on, you you can, you got to look at it as an owner wise too. Yeah. You know, so changing those the way of thinking also. But I think, but to me also, sometimes people can when they put that ownership hat on they're not really you know sometimes you can forget about how it is being behind the chair right or in this room or whatever you still have to be able to stay in that mindset but the ownership has to by being able just to share with your team like why we need to change things to be this way I remember like I my my percentage of commission that I was given was too high for me to be able to be profitable right and sustain what I wanted and having to take that back and change things around, and implement things so that we were able to do insurance and things like that to be able to build the way we wanted to. Um, but I wouldn't have saw that. I wouldn't have ever made that choice to like cut back on commission so that we could move forward. Sometimes you got to trim things back so you can, you know, go forward. Um, that was the scariest probably time of my life. I'm like, oh, my gosh, my whole entire team's going to walk out. What do I do?
0: You know? We literally just shared this on uh, our membership call this morning. We had a salon owner on there talking about, she had two or three girls that are, most of the team is uh, booth, right? And the rest of the girls are commission-based. And they were talking about the percentages that they give these girls off the jump was I think 50% plus they provide everything. And my eyebrow shot up just like yours. And yep. I thought, am, am I new to the game? I was like 50% and you provide color and all the things I was like, I don't. They were in a different state than me. So I don't, I only know California's rules right now. Um, but I, I was a little bit blown away and we'll, we'll dive into that. Like her and I later, but it, it's, it's, again, you don't know what you don't know. And hopefully by her being in this group and having this conversation, she realizes sooner than later that these girls are, there's not going to be a real revenue <laughs> stream in there. Even if they work more, they're going to be using more. Therefore, your profits are going to be so low that it, they might as well not even exist in your space. And so I think exactly. that, that makes the difference. And that leads me into my next segment with you, like to be a salon owner, to go from a six figure business into a seven figure business. Like you have to be able to see those things and be okay with shifting the way that you do business mm-hmm. in order to take you to the next level. Because I find that it's a very personal industry and the ones that maybe who step on and put the owner hat on sometimes feel a little too, um, empathetic to the behind the chair stylist, mm-hmm. want to just give everything to them. And, you know, I'll never forget this guy who was in one of my first workshops and we were talking about numbers and he was talking about how he wanted to open this amazing salon. And he described it to me to a T I could just feel it. Like he wanted this space so bad. And, um, I asked him what his business model was going to be like and how he was going to make money. <laughs> Cause, he, Cause everything he described was like the aesthetic and the vibe and all the shit. Mm-hmm. Cool. So how are you going to make money? And he was like, Oh, I just, you know, I, he never really answered my question. And I go, well, if instead of it being a hobby and you providing a free place for people to work, like you designed it like an actual business, I'm like, you could sustain it long-term and not forever be tied to it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, it, like this little aha bubble, he was like, it can't be all rainbows and butterflies. And I was like, well, I mean, it can, but you'll never be profitable. You'll never be able absolutely patient or you'll never know where your money's coming from because you won't be making any if you don't set yourself up right. But mm-hmm. would you say that you find that the majority of people that open a salon are not prepared for what the onset of like tasks and like the day-to-day mm-hmm. look like it, it, All of it comes from, I don't really like where I'm at. I can do yes. it better. I'm going to go off on my own.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the biggest thing is I'm going to make all the money. That's what they think. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be able to take in the $3,000 I'm making behind the chair for myself, right? Not thinking about everything else that you have to pay out. You know, like, I don't like the way the salon owner is doing this. So I wouldn't be able to open my own place and create it like this. Not thinking about all the little things. I mean, and that's what makes the difference, right? Like all those little things that's what's either going to make or break your salon. And it was really, what really broke my heart and you could really see things more so um, was, you know, when all the salons were shut down Mm -hmm. and how many salon owners like two weeks in were like, if we don't get opened up, I'm never going to be able to open again. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like, you don't have anything for a rainy day. You know, it was kind of, it was scary, you know? Um, And listening to that, that was, that was just like, wow, our industry really needs a lot of help in those areas, like in the business part of it. Yes.
0: Yes. And I, and I would say like the majority of new businesses, you know, probably don't have a runway either. Like it's not just our industry. And I think I used to segregate uh, us, Creatives as people who were unorganized with our finances—it's <laughs> yes. not something that was a foundation that was taught in beauty school. Like we learned how it's to still not we learned how to sanitize. That's why we all laughed when they told us we couldn't work during COVID. Right. We're like, we're probably the only industry that could mm-hmm. stay open. Um, nobody actually even taught me how to cut a straight line, but I know how to sanitize the shit out of you and your your state. <laughs> I don't know how to do my taxes or uh, hire an accountant. Mm-hmm but I can sanitize your station. So it's just wild. The things that like, who put, and then you see, they knocked down the hours even further for beauty school. Did they do that in your area too?
1: They all, I mean, it's
0: crazy. And they really,
1: and it it blows my mind because they are teaching these. I mean, I know they're not all kids. There's some adults, but like (laughs) kids to go from, like, you're going to go from beauty school, go open up a suite or booth rent. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like, well, who's going to teach somebody even how to build a clientele? How are you, you, you going to handle it when your first guest is not happy? You know, like those are the things that like, it's, it's sad, but those are the things that need to be taught. Right. The business end really needs to be taught. Like, how are you going to do your taxes? You know, like you really do need to do taxes. You need to know your numbers. You need to know how you're going to do all these things and build your book and sustain it you know i mean it, it it's kind of sad and that's the hard part and the industry has gotten amazing in so many ways right like i feel like the growth has been unbelievable and i love you know like the way that you can do so many different things now even more so than before but the business side of it is the, still the one part um, that is lacking in areas even though it's gotten better. Right. You know, um, but you don't know what you don't know. Right. And if you're not learning it there, you don't think it's really that much of a big deal. Right. So we open up businesses like myself. I had no clue what I was doing. But instead of letting it like really get bad and get into that worse end and happen to close because you're like, I just can't do this, you know, like reaching out, finding a mentor that's going to help you that's already done where you want to go right, right. you know because i mean we we all know that there's coaches out there that say you know like they can help you build this thing but if my whole thing is if you haven't done it like really done it you know and build it how are you gonna teach somebody else to do it right. like we can all go buy books but having that experience and everybody's experience is different but really walking it doing it talking it then you know like
0: absolutely so. And everything's shifting and changing so quickly. Like there's so many new ways to implement and market. And oh my gosh. how do you stand out above the noise online with social media? And how do you help grow your team as a collective and, and grow, you know, culture inside of mm-hmm. a salon in order to keep people happy and keep them sustaining the, the type of clientele and like the amount of client work that they want? You know, can you, so let's peel back. How, when you take a salon from generating somewhere in the six figure up, words of the seven figures, what do you notice the shifts that need to happen in order to like push to the next level? What, what, what do you, is there a framework that you work through in order to yeah. get? Yeah. So, I
1: mean, a lot of it, I feel like people there's besides, you know, your schedule and things like that. First of all, you know, you like working yourself to death, like you can't do that, you know, for one thing and doing the scheduling correctly, but you have to have an assistant. If you wanna be able to scale, you're gonna need assistance so that you can work more smoothly. But my biggest thing is so that you're not having to always look for more guests, but if you only have three guests on your book, how can you implement and still reach your goals, right? So if you know the number that you wanna reach, that's how I work backwards. So I always wanna, well, I work forward, know exactly where their goal is that they want, right? And then you tell me what money you wanna make and I'll tell you how to make it, right? and how you can implement it without even worrying about having to get more clients even, right. Add in more days or hours on because most of your stylists are, they're not going to want to, or anybody in, you know, treatment rooms, but how can you create that money that you want just by upsells? Like how many times, you know, do we maybe not do a gloss on somebody, right. Or add a condition because, you know, it's the time or we don't think about it, but there's a few things that I had taken and done, um, just to be able to help implement those things like even just sharing creating a little um like postcards asking people like what is it that you really want to you know like with your hair that they're maybe not saying in the consultation about the dryness and things like that um and being able to add those services on that doesn't take any more time but it's going to give you 30 50 more on top of that ticket. And that's where you can create that money. But you got to have a game plan with it. Like you just can't go in and say, okay, everybody, we are going to take and we're going to add, you know, $100 onto everybody's day. And this is how we're going to, like you got to, you have to have a game plan for people. You just can't say it's a salon owner. This is what I learned, right? And so now we're going to implement it without bringing your team on board and showing them how to do it. You know, just taking it as simple as being able to have each service provider make an extra 10K a month right? For that service provider, that's going to give them over $100,000 more income. So if you have a salon owner that has two, that's going to be an extra $200,000, we'll just say. So however many more, like that's how you're going to grow your business. By teaching them how to create more revenue, right? Without having to work even harder. But how do you do it within what you have already? You know, and so that's, learning those little things like that will create so much more revenue than trying to keep finding more guests. Whoops you're muted.
0: Are there <laughs> marketing strategies that you found work really, really well in order to help drive more business if say a client if, if there isn't a heavy you know client flow for that salon? We had that question come up today in, in, um, in our call about you know what what's the best? avenues to spend on marketing in order to get new guests in the door? If you're, if you're help- trying to build some of your stylists up. Definitely. So one thing that I, I
1: love is when you can do joint partnership, right? So, you know, like when well, we've all been on the summits, everybody's like in the summit. So that's, that's partnershiping, right? With other people in our industry, having them share with our audiences and we're sharing with their audiences, right? But doing that locally, right? So how can you go to a boutique down the street, right? And have them, you're gonna share your audience with them and they're gonna share their audience with you. How can you partner with them? Whether it's like doing a raffle, you know, doing a basket that you're gonna give away, they can do the same thing. That right there is gonna give you all the information because of course you're gonna get the people's phone numbers, their emails, right? So that you can email them, even if they're not the winner. You're still gonna invite them in to your salon or spa, right? And, and give them a percentage off or whatever. So that's definitely one thing that I do that works extremely well. Um, even with your, um, I'm sure everybody has like Chamber of Commerce. So around here, they do like a once a month that you can take and you actually are, can host all the business owners, right? So they come to your salon, you're hosting it you can just do like express treatments. You can just share about it, things like that, about your extensions, anything that, you know, you want to specialize in um, and show off, like that's your showcase time. Also, uh, another way is like, the biggest thing is like, you want to know who your ideal guest is, right? So that's where you want to market to, right? So when you're on social media or Facebook or TikTok, all these, right? Like the, it's broad right? So how am I going to narrow it down and get into that niche of my guests? And so I knew building my salon 28 years ago that I wanted individuals, first of all, that could afford my services. I didn't want somebody to say, no, I, I, don't, I can't afford that or whatever. And then I went into those areas, whether, so it was whether boutiques, it was other businesses that had my ideal clientele, communities. That's a huge thing, you know, like you can get into these communities that if your clientele is there, go in, like get involved in whoever, you don't even have to get involved in, you're just going to call whoever's part of the women's group, right, get into that whenever they have their things, go in a month, once a month, not once a month, but just get into their once a month meeting, share with them, bring your information, give them, you know, come on in, and so many of our product lines give so much free product, you know, so do a little light like, thing up, give them a gift, um, and then also even taking and I'm really like getting involved in your community is huge for me. I think that we need if we want to be successful in our local area, like being the face of your community. That's something that you can't get wrong on that. And so getting involved in like business women. Any kind of groups I feel like that is where your ideal clientele is, that's how you can build. Mm -hmm. So doing that legwork beforehand, finding out where your clientele is hanging out that you want, your ideal guest. Right. And put yourself in there. Yes. I think that social media is amazing. I love it.
0: I think it's a great platform. I think it's an awesome tool, but it's not the only tool. Right. And and I think people, you know, I think so much want to teach online marketing. And yes, like you said, while that's great, Yelp is a great place to invest your money in as well. There is nothing like a one-to-one referral or someone meeting right. and having that connection. Like- you know, they don't have to hear about you six times. They just met you. And so, you know, then if you're offering something of, you know, value to them, they're more likely to come try it out. And even if you offered free, you know, blow dries to the, well, the girls in the community, it's like likeliness is they're going to tip somebody in your salon because of that, or they're going to buy a product or they're going to rebook their next appointment. Um, All of those things are just such good ways to build your business. But it's, I find a lot of when I'm coaching owners too, they don't, they don't. I'm putting up air quotes. Have the time to do that kind of mm-hmm. you know, legwork for for their salons, and I see that's where like the growth stops. They hit you know a couple hundred thousand in revenue, or that's what the business is doing, but they get mm-hmm. stuck there, and they've convinced themselves that's good enough. And I'm like, do you even know the potential of what your space could do right. if you were willing to do that legwork?
1: Because really, if you get to that three to five hundred mark, it's nothing really to take it to that million. It's just being intentional with what you're doing.
0: Right, right.
1: And being intentional with your team and showing them. And and I think it's really important as salon owners that um, we sit down with our team and really know what their goals are, right? Totally. What is it that they want to do? You know, like, and then you show them how, what what they can do to create that more money to be able to do what they want to do or, you know, now they're a new mom and they want to be able to have more time. Okay. So how can we do that? Like, how can you work smarter, right? Not harder and be able to take those, go down to three days a week, four days a week, whatever, you know, but like, how can you create that? And when you share with them how to create what they want, it automatically builds our business. Right. So, but you got to
0: show them.
1: Right. How it benefits them. Not just you.
0: Got it. Yes. That leads me into my next question. What's the main differences in salon culture with when there's strong leadership versus when there isn't? Because that alone, just the owner really diving into what A motivates somebody, and then B making sure it's about them versus about the other stylists in the salon or or service providers versus the owner.
1: Well, I mean, definitely when you have a salon owner that it just really will. And not even just like pouring into, but really connecting, you know, and it's like, oh, I'm a good salon owner because they see me doing washing the toilets. (laughs) But, you know, like that's not really it. They want to see that you're invested in them as a human being and that you're not just looking out to build the business. Right. And so like really doing that, like setting aside time, not just to talk about the business, but about them, you know, when somebody's having an off day. Right. Like you just know being able to take two seconds and just say, hey, are you OK? Even like I'm here, you know, like so many times that just makes it like a weight off our shoulders. Right. As somebody else. But really being intentional with your team and helping them build the life that they want.
0: Definitely. And
1: that will help them stay long. You know, so many right now, like you hear so many, you know, losing stylists the suite owners to, you know, booth rentals, whatever, you know, and that's always been, you know, like when I started, there was no such thing as booth rentals. There was no such thing as suites. And I absolutely love, you know, like I own my building. We're actually creating suites in it because I know that's what people want right now too. Right. So why am I not creating like my spa? We shut down during COVID because I want to make sure that I, I need to move stations over there. You know, you didn't know what you were going to have to do. So I created the way that I was able to, if we had to move things, we were able to, right? right? And so I knew I wasn't going to build the spa up. And so like, I was like, okay, what am I going to do? You know? So I wanted to do that because I'm on this other end now, like, right. So I'm on the end that retire soon. And so being able to still create what I want, that will create also a legacy for my family. Yeah. You know? So like, I know that going in this route, even, even we're not doing the full thing today. Right. But it's just like a small section, right and it has a different business name and everything but like knowing that you can benefit somebody else there too right so you can help somebody else build their dream and and help them set them up to open up their own salon one day
0: right with that intention without i mean it, it was almost taboo to tell your salon owner that you wanted to be an owner one day for fear that they would just fire you on the spot heaven forbid you said you wanted to leave i mean you'd be asked to pack your bags up with no questions asked right and i
1: that point blew my mind
0: you know like that
1: yeah I was I was like oh my gosh like you know so I I run it like I want to be treated you know and so yeah you know like just don't do I if people everybody would always be even leaving right be professional right and how you're going to leave a business and then how you're going to set yourself up right so but it was like, you would never say anything cause you knew, you knew they were going to tell you to late.
0: Totally. No. And for fear that, you know, that held me back from opening my own space for so long because I love my owner so much, but she just was mm-hmm. never in the headspace of like, and I talked to her a few years later. And I remember I asked her. I don't know what I asked her specifically, but I remember her answer. Her answer was, no, I was so naive when I opened this place. I never thought anybody would leave. I made the most perfect space. Why would anybody ever leave? And I thought, well, I don't know if I love that answer or I hate that answer because today, like we're all not going to stay the same, especially if you've got 80% women, like I went from being, single to married and then having a baby in the 10 years that I was there, of course, mm-hmm. my priority shifted how much I wanted to work, and work. Like, so it was interesting to watch like her learn as she went as well, but also, you know, What I thought to myself, like you, I want to treat my stylist the way I would want to be treated. Like, what Mm -hmm. what do I want to create? And that's why I went and opened a more small salon that was five chairs, that was really something easy for me to enjoy. Also, but then easy for people to like flow in and out of. There wasn't a whole lot of stress Mm -hmm. of you know coming from a salon with 32 stations and a spa. That's next level shit. So, you know, and that's a whole and that's more even
1: issues, right? Like, I mean, it's you go to that next level, you're gonna have that. Totally. And but you, you can
0: still create it there too. Totally. And I think, you know, when I look back at how could she have made it different, how could things have, have been different for her? I think it would have been hiring the right team to support her because she was still a behind the chair stylist as the owner. Uh, and she works full time. I think she had to due to like who she partnered with, but I, I look back and think, you know, had she had the right people supporting her from the beginning. But again, we don't know, what we don't know when you learn as you go. And she definitely, has, do. And she's still open. So like, bless her heart for keeping it alive for as long as she has. But, you know, I don't know how happy the journey's been or how much profit she's actually made all these years, or if it's just been a, I'm not going to fail type of vibe, but right. you know, I wish she could have hired a coach or I could have been light years ahead to like turn around and help. But, you know, I think, do you still invest in leadership now to help you grow? Do you still have coaches that you use personally? I do. You do. Yeah. Yes. What is I think
1: that you, you need to, in order to get
0: to that next level. I agree. How do you find people that keep you motivated and inspired and like looking for the next thing? Well, I think definitely, I mean,
1: the people who you surround yourself with is the level you'll go to your business. Right. right. And so, um, I, I mean, I, I'm in a mastermind. That's not even for just law owners. It's just like, business people that want to take their business to the next level or make a difference in the world you know like so I don't you know if we just want to just make money just to make money right but what are you going to do with it right so how are you how are you going to do it how are you going to make an impact in the world or how are you going to leave a legacy for your children right so knowing how to as a salon owner or business owner no matter what it is as coaches like we are now like how can we create what we want, make the revenue that we want to, right, be able to still leave a legacy and li- and have the life that we want. You got to get, you got to get yourself out of like this circle and get into this circle. Amen. I mean, you can't stay here and want to be there. Right. You, I don't care what business you're in. It doesn't matter. Like you share things with each other and other people, like just the insight of where to invest your money. right? So it's making money, right? Right. Um, but yeah, like I think you always need that because there's somebody that's already been there. Totally. No yeah. matter what, you know? Um, and I think that's the only way you can really always level up. I agree. You know, so, and just in like, like I own my building, like that was something that I did. <laughs> 20 years ago, I bought, you know, so I built it and was like, okay, like I'm not paying somebody else's mortgage. That was just my thing. I didn't want to do. Um, but it also gave me the opportunity because I do own it. Like I can do whatever I want to with it. If I want to make the whole thing sweets, I can, you know, so being able to, did I, sweets wasn't even a thing then at all. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you just, I thought one day, okay, I'll rent it to somebody else that wants a salon and that's my retirement. Because in our industry, we really don't have that. So you got to look, right? So where are we going to put our money at? So that we do have retirement. Right, right. You know, but there's a lot of people nowadays that don't have retirement. So you got to think smart.
0: Definitely. No, this is definitely not corporate 101 type of a gig. Like you have to be thinking of these things from the beginning and setting yourself up to, to win and not have to not have an out. Cause we all need a, a game plan. And that's part of like what you were talking about earlier, reverse engineering, your income, but reverse engineering, your out. How, what's your outlook like? That's how right. I like to work things backwards, especially if I'm working with stylists that are closer to, you know, in their forties, or they've been in the game for a while and they don't have that set up yet. It's never too late to start planning for your retirement or your future. You, so. have, to. you yeah. have to know where your end game is and right. what you're going to do yeah. no matter what it is. Yeah. So, okay, so let's, before I let you go, what are some things, I know we talked about like the add-on services that can create the extra eight to 10K behind the chair. Does that really come just from the add-on services? Is that, do you have like something that you teach that? that- yeah, I, I
1: have a course that I've done that takes and it actually shows you, right? As a stylist, how to create that without having to add on, you know, like where somebody's at, like, how do you do that? And if somebody's just starting out, so we got to scale it down, right? Right but it shows somebody how they can. All and right. I love showing salon owners how you can make an extra $500,000 sheet because you don't think it's possible, right? But you gotta, you gotta have that talk. You, you gotta show them how they can do it, but how it's gonna benefit them, not just you. Right. So can they find that course on your website? I don't have it on my website. I will be going live with it again. So okay. they can actually go on my website um, and then I will be sending in information about it. Cause I'm going to start, I'm going to launch it again in another two months. Okay. Um, I'll put it in the vault for now and that will be coming back out. Um, Cause I've just been really focusing on my one-on-ones that I've been doing and really trying to get them to where they need to be so that then we can, I'll open that again. Cause I like to be able to, my whole thing is I want to be able to really pour in and give that time. Love that. Yeah. That's it, I mean, it's, you need that. You can't be, I know I don't want to sacrifice. I'm just honest. Like, I don't want to sacrifice my time with my girls. No. Right? Like, they're important ages. And that's what I love about our industry. We can really set ourselves up to have the freedom that it says we can, right? Because that's how it's sold, right? But in the beginning, you don't think that can be. Right. But if you get somebody that can show you how to do it early on, because yeah. I'm all about that. You set your schedule up how you want it possibilities are endless right not set it up try to set it up after you've made your life crazy because it's harder then.
0: (laughs) but if your life's already crazy there is (laughs) there is another way you can share there's a better way there's a better better way
1: way than working 80 hours behind the chair and running the business
0: Right. If hilarious. you're listening to this podcast, that's what you want. And that's what you desire. Cause you're, you're here for a reason to get those little nuggets that Karen shared. Mm-hmm. So you guys stay close to people doing the things that you want to be doing, showing up in a way that you want to be showing up and putting yourselves in rooms where conversations happening to show you what's possible because if it's that much easier to go from three hundred to four hundred thousand, all the way to a million, like anything's possible. So be open to it being better than you could have ever thought it could be. Um, and and just stay close to people doing the things you want to be doing. That's that's like the main the possibilities thing. are endless.
1: Yeah, but they can so they can go on my website, Karen okay. Hardy. So A J R D E E, not Y. Dot They can do slash salon ambassador, and I'll send them my ebook. Fantastic. And then I'll be able to share with them also when I'll be able to, when I'm launching that in two months, they'll get that
0: notice of when that's coming out.
1: Awesome. We'll and if they up. want it ahead of time, they can just email me.
0: Okay. We'll put it in the show notes or you guys can yeah. message her on social media um, and tell her your takeaways from this episode. If you guys love this episode, of, I love that. Yes. If you love this episode, please send this to somebody who needs to hear all of this stuff right now. Tell them how important it is to get a hold of this information, get a hold of Karen. Um, but you know, sharing this podcast with more people so we can have this conversation to keep up leveling the industry as always. We're sending you guys so yeah. much. Love. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you so much.